It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. It's another edition of your favorite podcast named after a former random baseball player. Rico Bronia. I do warn you, we've had some very depressing episodes of Rico Bronia over the last few weeks and months. We've also had some heartwarming editions of Rico Bronia. Today will be on the depressing level because we will go through all the disaster scenarios involving losing Jacob DeGrom. Where would be the worst place for him to sign? Where would be the best place for him to sign if it's not the Mets? How depressed would we be if he was with this team? How depressed would he be, we be if he was with that team? So there'll be a lot of, I hate to say it, a lot of sad talk involving the great Jacob DeGrom. Tommy Lugauer joins us today, Pete Hoffman as always. And I thought Lugie was a good person to join us because of his unwavering hatred for the New York Yankees. Because I do think when we talk about Jake with the Yankees, I just have a feeling he's going to have that as the number one disaster scenario. But 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 hold that. We'll get to that in a few minutes. First of all, are we all okay about losing Joely Rodriguez? Or is there a state of depression over the fact that Joely Rodriguez has now left the New York Mets organization? Pete, I'll start with you. Good riddance. See you later. <laughs> he wasn't that bad. Like, if I was making a list of the worst middle relievers in the history of the New York Mets... I don't even think he'd make the top 50. You know, guy like Rich Rodriguez would finish ahead of him. Mel Rojas would finish ahead of him. Toby Borland would finish ahead of him. You want me to keep going? Like, he was not a top 50 crap reliever. I get it, but we could do better. And that's that's my MO going into this offseason is we will get better, not stay the same. So, Jolie Rodriguez, for the highs you gave us, you gave us a lot of lows. We'll do better. See ya. You all right, Lugie, missing Joely? Will you miss him? No, I mean, it, it's massive indifference on my part, uh, especially with relievers, dude. Like, sometimes, like, year to year, you never know. But, like, I, I have no real strong take. If he was back, whatever, he's gone, great. See ya. It's funny. The reliever who had the best season last year, obviously, besides Edwin Diaz, is Adam Adovino. And he seems to be the one reliever the Mets are interested in bringing back. We've heard that they have no interest in Seth Lugo. Basically, see you later, Seth. They obviously let Joely Rodriguez walk away. And Adam Adovino is the one reliever that they seem to have interest in. And I would be indifferent to keeping him or losing him. Because kind of like what you said about relievers being up and down, whether you had a good year or a bad year, a lot of times it has no relation to what you're going to do next year. And I look at Adam Adovino very similarly to the way I viewed Adam uh, Aaron Loop from a year ago where Aaron had this amazing year for the Mets. Sure, in theory, bring him back, why not? But there was no chance he was going to have as good of a year again. He didn't. He was gone. Adovino's the same way. If they bring him back, okay, fine. He's a New Yorker, great. Hopefully he can be half as good as he was a year ago. But if they lose Adam Adovino because they don't want to pay him, you know, whatever he ends up getting, $8 million a year, I'm not going to cry over it. I don't think there's any reliever in this bullpen outside of Diaz who they took care of that I would actually be upset about them losing. No doubt. They they brought back the guy they needed to bring back. That was Diaz. That was it. Any other guy to me is is changing. It's mixing parts in and out. Uh, Diaz is obviously the anchor. The other thing I saw, Mike Puma had a story a few days ago about the Mets reaching out to Carlos Beltran to join their coaching staff. And I would love it if Carlos Beltran was able to humble himself to join a coaching staff. And I don't think he ever will because he was the manager of the New York Mets. He was. He was the manager of the New York Mets with no coaching experience, no managerial experience. He was the guy. And then the job was taken away from him. It's tough to imagine that Carlos Beltran, after having the job, even if it was only for multiple days, would ever go back 
and humble himself to being a coach. So if he had said yes, I thought, I thought that would have been cool, especially in a year in which he very well may be voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. But I, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I'd actually be very surprised if Bill ever coaches and subsequently ever manages again. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't see him uh, ever. It's, it seems like he was the biggest person in coming out of that scandal. And I feel like, and he was always looking for that perfect situation, which is never going to pop up again, because I don't think the Yankees are going to ever hire him. The Mets are never going to hire him again. Even though they inquired about him just helping out. If it's not a head roll for him, it's, it's bust. Um, and it's kind of like crappy, but let's put it this way. He goes down as the only manager to never lose a game for the Mets. <laughs> He also goes down as the only manager to never freaking win a game for the Mets either, if you well. want to look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, we never first guessed and second guessed Carlos Beltran. And I was so fascinated to see what kind of manager he would be, yeah. not just from an in-game strategic standpoint, but more how he was going to deal with the media every single day. Because Beltran, you know, when he first got to the Mets, was not the greatest with the media. And he was very sensitive to fan criticism. And when you're a manager you face criticism that is so unfair from guys like me, from fans in general, that I could see it wearing on you. And I was always fascinated when they initially announced they were hiring him going into the 2020 season, how he was going to ever be able to deal with that. Um, it'd be cool if he joined the coaching staff, only because Buck Showalter's not going to manage forever. So if he's going to join as a bench coach with an eye on, hey, maybe this is his job in a couple of years, That'd be great because it would be cool to right the wrong of him not getting that opportunity because let's face it, he didn't get the opportunity because Major League Baseball decided to put his name in that report and no one else's. Yep. And so it was almost a Rob Manfred message to the Wilpons. You better not let this guy manage. So I agree with my former partner, Beningo, who's always said he's been hosed. He was screwed. He was. But if he's not going to take a lower level kind of job, he's probably not going to get that opportunity again. And that's his decision. If he doesn't want to be a bench coach, if he doesn't want to be a hitting coach or whatever minimal job the Mets or another team would offer him, then look, it's just not going to happen. It is what it is. Yeah. Listen, Evan, I think, first of all, Beltran, I think is a Hall of Famer. I think he will go in as a Met. I would love to see him back with the organization. Buck is not going to be around forever. If he was to lower himself to not lower, but, you know, take a lesser job, a bench coach job in a way to prep to be the manager, I'd be all for that. I was happy when they hired him. I was upset when they had to lose him. So I would, I've always been a big Beltron guy. I'd love to see him manage the team one day. But, you know, I get it, though. But I do get it. it it's tough to then, after all that happened, come in and take that sort of role. We'll do a few episodes down the road about the Hall of Fame uh, and its Met relation coming up. <laughs> but it is so interesting to think about Beltron getting into the Hall of Fame and having a Met cap yeah. on his plaque because he is not fully accepted by Met fans. He isn't. Now, I think there's a lot of Met fans who like him now looking back. They think back to his legacy we talked about it on the podcast recently about the greatest free agent signings of all time. It's him in a runaway. It's not even yep. close. He's clearly the guy. And then I think you also look at him and say, hey, he got us Zach Wheeler, which was a nice deal. So I do think that most Met fans now have made peace with Carlos Beltran, but a Hall of Famer wearing a Met hat is rare. There's very few guys that have exactly. ever done that. And <laughs> he may be one of them. Correct. And he's not loved in that way. He's appreciated, and I think he's liked. But if this guy goes into the Hall of Fame with a Met hat on, I think it's going to create a very interesting dynamic on how Met fans respond to that. I don't, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but yes, he was criticized by Met fans for taking it easy, lackadaisical, and they won't let it go that he took a crazy tough pitch for a strike three against another awesome player. So, I mean, sure, I but. Sure, but the other thing, too, is, again, I always go back to this, where that's the only playoff appearance we saw as Mets fans. And going into signing Carlos Beltran, it was, this guy is so clutch in the playoffs. Get ready. It's going to be phenomenal. And that was it. That's our that's our experience of him as in a playoff uh, experience, and it sucked. It wasn't good, unfortunately. No. But it's not his fault, necessarily, that they didn't have a playoff appearance for him to succeed in in 2007 and 2008. Because as I pointed out last time, he was actually clutch down the stretch for this team. All right, let's get to One the One of the Grom. few guys. One of the few guys, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's get to the ground. First of all, 
I want to make this very clear, and I think I've said this 100 times, and I'll say it 101st time. There is no way and no reason for Jacob deGrom to not be a New York Met in 2023. Uh, I believe it is unacceptable for them to be outbid. I don't think this is this. I don't think we should go about the deGrom free agency with this cold-hearted, well, how many innings has he thrown the last two years? What is he going to do the next three years? Is he worth this amount of money? What's his war? What's that? I don't want to play that game. He is a legendary Met. And I believe the Mets should take whatever risk is necessary to keep him. And that means making sure no one else outbids you. So if there's another team that's willing to give him a fourth year, then you got to do it. In my opinion, we have a billionaire owner. This is what we've been waiting for our entire lives, to have an owner that wasn't the Wilpons. I'm not letting personally a third year or a fourth year keep me from a career Met remaining a career Met. And certainly there's this been this feeling over the last few weeks that DeGrom actually wants to stay, that the only way DeGrom would leave is if the Mets get outbid. So I want to make this clear. It is unacceptable for the New York Mets to be outbid. With all of that said, if there is a team to get Jacob DeGrom that I will eventually make peace with and say, okay, it could have been worse. I don't even think it's close. Obviously, you wipe out the entire National League. There's not a National League team any of us would be okay with because there's a chance he comes back and haunts us. That includes the Pittsburgh Pirates, who for some reason seem to be acquiring first baseman slash DHs this offseason, whether it's Jimon <laughs> Choi or Carlos Santana. I don't care if it's the Pirates. I don't want them in the National League. So that eliminates 14 teams from this league that I would have no interest in. So that takes you to the American League. In my opinion, and you can counteract me on this, it includes every American League East team. Why every American League East team? Because I don't want to see Jacob DeGrom a lot. And if he's facing the New York Yankees five times a year, that means I'm watching him. So for you, Lugie, who hates the Yankees, and I understand that. I don't like the Yankees either. I'm not acting as if I'm some kind of closet Yankee fan. I'm not. I'd rather see them lose. I don't want him in Toronto making five starts against the Yankees a year, because even if that hurts the Yankees, that means we have to watch them five times a year. Do you agree with that about the American League East and him? I, I do. I look at it like this. I, I see it as we're in a relationship with Jacob deGrom, uh, a long distance one. So if he goes to Texas, let's just say, that's like, hey, I'm dating a girl. She's from Idaho. We break up. She stays in Idaho. I stay in New York. And other than my Facebook timeline, I don't really see what's going on. I'm going to see a Ranger game. Maybe if I have the middle reliever and I need a, a hold, he'll beat you in fantasy uh, like I always do. Uh, but if he's in the American League East, Dev, like you said, I'm seeing my old girlfriend all the time. And even if, yeah, he beats my mortal enemy, I still have to see see him. I have to see him around and, and I don't want to see him. I want him to go to baseball, you know, essentially Siberia. Yes. And away from me. That'll help yes. the breakup. Now, now, now look, there's a risk that he go. And I look, we bring up Texas because Texas is the rumored upon team. You know, he's not being rumored to sign with the Oakland A's or the Kansas city Royals or the Chicago white Sox or the Minnesota twins or any other, dare I say, a relevant American league team. It's Texas. But what's appealing about Texas is that as of right now, and unless things change, they're not even a factor of facing the Yankees in an ALCS, while the Astros are, which is why I rule the Astros out. I don't want them in Houston. The Houston Astros have become like an extra local team for us. We see them a lot. We hear about them a lot. Yankee fans can't beat them, which means it's all about Houston. And so I don't even want them there. And I think about 15 or 20 years ago, maybe our view on this would be different. We'd say, hey, if we're going to lose a lifelong Met, let him go to the Red Sox. Let him go to a team that's sticking it to the Yankees because it would actually make us feel better. In this case, I think because times have changed, it won't make me feel better. Because like you said, Lugie, I think it's a great comparison. I don't want to see my ex. And if they're rivaling the Yankees, I'm seeing my ex a lot. So I rule Houston out too. I don't want him anywhere near the Houston Astros. And the, and the Yankees could beat Jake, which would be even worse. Ugh. Could you imagine, like, Jake on the mound for the Blue Jays in the playoffs and the Yankees putting up, like, six runs against the guy? It would be heartbreaking. It would, it, yes. it would, it would just totally, totally suck. It would like be, it'd be like losing twice, essentially. Yep. That's what it would feel like. Hoff, do you yeah. agree with this? 
So I, I I got you with the NL East. That that's a hundred percent. Like if he's ever on the Phillies or the Braves, it's really Braves first, then the Phillies, and then Marlins and Nationals. Whatever, who cares? But I don't need to see him in the NL East. So I agree with you there. I I won't though go as far as like the whole NL. Like let him go to Colorado. Like I don't care. Like if if they, if at that point in time he's cho- choosing not to be a Met anymore and he wants to get more money, which again I don't think he's going to get a bid by by Cohen. So he's not leaving. Let's be serious. But if he ever did, he felt like he wanted to go to Colorado. Good, go for you. Go to Cincinnati. Go to somewhere a team that it's not about seeing you every few like months or whatever it is. I don't want to see you in the playoffs. I don't want to see the success. Go die on a team. Yeah, but I don't care about that. You could be on a crappy team. Here's the problem with that. And I I understand, especially nowadays with the new schedule, the Mets are going to face every team in baseball every single year. So you really can't hide as much as you used to. If Jacob deGrom is a member of the Texas Rangers, there's a decent chance. Some may say a 60% chance. We're doing the math on three games with a five-man rotation. A 60% chance we're going to see him. We're going to face him. And I get that. So it is a little different than it was 15, 20 years ago. But here's the difference with the National League, and it's not just the fact that you play each National League team six times as opposed to three times. You can very easily be in a pennant race with any team in the National League. You can. And and it's not that crazy to to write that scenario. First of all, we've got more teams making the playoffs than ever before. That's number one. I mean, look look at it. We've got six freaking teams making the playoffs or 17. What are we up to now? I'm losing my freaking mind with that now. 75 teams get in. Yeah. It's it's six, but they're working on the seventh. It's coming. Six. That's we want to make sure that people in Pittsburgh are excited at the end of August for the Pirates. Right. But that's the reason why him going to Cincy or Colorado. I know they're not being rumored, but the reason why I wouldn't just throw that away is it's so easy nowadays with this playoff format to see him in a pennant race with you or facing him in a wild card series. I mean, I'll write a realistic scenario for you. The Mets win 98 games next year. They happen to be in a division with a team that wins 105. And so they're destined to be a wild card team. And here comes the upstart plucky Colorado Rockies, led by their veteran ace, Jacob DeGrom. And all of a sudden, DeGrom's pitching game one of the wild card series against Max Scherzer at City Field. Those scenarios are easy to understand and see happen. The World Series is a far unlikelier destination. Yeah. Could DeGrom go to Texas? Can it all click? And can the Rangers get to the World Series? You know what? If that's where we see Jake again, I'll sign for it. It means we're in the freaking World Series. So while I may not want to see Jake in the World Series, a lot can happen. Tom Seaver was on the Red Sox in 1986, but the Mets didn't see him in the World Series because he was old and they didn't have him on the active roster. Doc Gooden was on the 2000 Yankees. They didn't see him in the World Series. So not that DeGrom is those guys. I know it's different in terms of where they are in their career, but it's just easier to never see the guy again. And that's what happens if you send him to an American League West or American League Central team that doesn't have legitimate ties to the Yankees and can kind of go away. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's the thing, though, too, Evan, when we talk about scenarios, where he might go, it really ultimately, or one of the huge factors here is why he went. If he goes because he doesn't want to be here or someone in his family doesn't want to be here and he wants to live somewhere else, then you might see some of the Mets fans hate Jake. If he goes somewhere for more money, then the heat is put on Cohen. And then it's a totally different scenario as far as our vitriol towards him and the team he's on. I'm going to, I'm going to call you out on this. Not not call you out. I'm going to challenge you with something. So we're going to do a podcast in a couple of days. I even tweeted an idea about it to, to get people's reaction in terms of their opinions on legends that we lost all time. Great Mets, whether in your heart or in real life that you had a tough time seeing go, whether it's, Edgardo Alfonso, whether it's Tom Seaver, if you're older, Doc Gooden after a suspension, Daryl Strawberry, who's clearly a number one in terms of the prime of his career. But you get the idea. Guys, it was difficult to see go. And one guy that was prominently mentioned is John Olerud. What's fascinating about John Olerud is John Olerud left for the reason that you're describing would cause us, in your opinion, to hate Jacob DeGrom, that he didn't want to be here anymore and he wanted to be somewhat closer to his family or convenient for his family. John Olerud went to Seattle because that's where he's from. Mm-hmm. John Olerud wanted to be closer to his family. And no Met fan hates John Olerud. John was, Olerud was not vilified. He wasn't a lifelong leaving. Met. It's different. Yeah, he was, a, he I, was a good Met on good Met teams. He wasn't Jacob DeGrom, our guy. I'm not it, saying it, he's, he's Jacob DeGrom, but, but you're saying that we would hate him for leaving because he wants to be closer to where he's from. It's bec- Is that the reason? If We've seen guys do that, and we tend to not hate them for that. There'd be more hatred for that if he went to Atlanta than it would be if, hey, yes. if he got outbid, then it's, hey, Cohen, hey, Steve Cohen, what the hell is going on here? Why didn't we give this guy freaking money? I agree. I, no, no, listen, let, let, let's put it out And there. I just put if Jake in Mets a different are... atmosphere because of the fact that he is a lifelong Met, and we talked about not a lot of Met Hall of Famers. Here's a chance for another one. So there's going to be more vitriol. The relationship runs deeper with Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. And I like John Olerud than it would with John Olerud. I, I Look, they're obviously very, very different, but I think that there was an acceptance or an understanding of John Olerud going home that Met fans had during that offseason. I think some would have that. Now, he's not going home if he goes to Texas. It's just him going to a place that's closer to his home and a place that's more similar to his home. So it's not as if he's walking to his old high school and being like, hey, here I go. Strawberry was also different. He went home, but I think there was a lot of vitriol towards the Mets organization themselves for not being as aggressive in trying to keep him. So the Strawberry thing is also different, but it's similar to DeGrom in that he was a lifelong Met and he was someone none of us envisioned ever playing for another team um it's it's tough because you're right we're gonna have to see how it ends and who we're mad at but i think it's easier if he's in texas or really any american league west team besides the astros in my opinion to just sit back and say all right it sucks i'm mad at this guy i'm mad at that guy and now i'm rooting for him because i want him to be successful now i'd like to see him pitch well in texas it, it's like i wouldn't have a problem doing that to be honest with you if he was in texas I'm not saying I'd want him to win the Cy Young, but I think I would sit back and want him to do well. I wouldn't want him to just completely collapse and be awful. Yeah, but that's where I disagree. Like, right now, the Mets are in a situation where we need to build off of Jacob DeGrom. We need to get better. So if he's not on the team, we are now worse. If he goes to, say, like a Seattle Mariners, not saying they're in on him, but say if they grabbed him, you know? That team now has gotten that much better, and they have a good pitching staff. And now we might have to see them for many years to come because they're getting better. Texas Rangers, we can crap all over them as much as yeah, we want. If, they but, keep on spending money year in and year out. They haven't. But if it hasn't worked out yet, but it might to a really good team. It's going to be less troublesome for an American League West team that's winning ninety-five games a year than if he's on American League team. Pay more attention to, or dare I say, National League team. That's why your whole point about him going to Colorado, I wouldn't agree with. Because if all of a sudden they turn into a good team and we're seeing him in the postseason or we're seeing him in a pennant race, it changes things. I, As I sit here right now, obviously I'm going to be fuming if he's gone for whatever reason. Texas is the best case scenario that isn't the Mets. It really is. It's the yeah. best case scenario where they're just a non 
offensive team. I'd actually go, I could go through every American League team and tell you why Texas is less offensive, to be honest with you. Kansas City, F them, they beat us in 2015. Minnesota, F them, they're a bunch of patsies for the New York Yankees. The White Sox, I'd have a problem with. Those fans in Chicago can be incredibly obnoxious. Cleveland, I have an issue with because I don't want to call them a guardian. I think it's stupid. Every American League East team fits that bill. The Astros, I, I, I couldn't deal with because he'd become the arch nemesis of the Yankees, which means I'd have to pay a lot of attention to him. Wouldn't like that. The Oakland A's aren't a real major league franchise. The Angels, I couldn't stand because Artie Moreno is the biggest douche walk. Really, Seattle, Texas. Those are the only two teams. Those are the only two American League teams where I'd be like, okay, I think I'm good with. So Seattle and Texas are one and two on the Evan Roberts power rankings besides the Mets of a team DeGrom could go to and I can live okay with. What? What's your problem, Hoff? I, I, I will say you threw the A's in there. Now, listen, I hate that team and they're so terrible. But actually, I would love to see him go there because I would love to see him actually perform well in a stadium that he sucked <laughs> ass in uh, b- back in uh, back in August. <laughs> I should have used that as the reason I don't want him in Oakland. I don't want him going there and all of a sudden dominating that dump known as Oakland Alameda Coliseum. All right, let's get to the important stuff. The teams that would kill us, the teams that would crush our soul. I'm going to go around the room. I'll start with you, Lugie. The one team he cannot sign with, all right? Your power rankings on the other side. The team that if he signed there, a part of you would die on the inside. This is going to be controversial, but this is why you have me here. The New York Yankees. I cannot see Jacob deGrom take the mound in the Bronx wearing the pinstripes. I can't. That would be, I, dude, I can't. Like you said, that would be like your wife divorcing you and marrying <laughs> your mortal enemy where you're like, honey, I don't care who the hell you marry. Just don't marry that guy. Don't become a Yankee. Could you imagine? Could you imagine a scenario where Jacob DeGrom signs with the Yankees? They win a freaking World Series, and all of us are at the parade interviewing Jacob DeGrom, the New York Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> Come it, on. It is. It's in our backyard, bro. It's Doc Gooden on steroids. On steroids. Daryl Strawberry on steroids. Well, if, for our if, generation, too, our age. Yeah, but no, no, I th- forget our generation. It's worse because A. DeGrom is still in the prime of his career. In my opinion, I don't think 10 starts necessarily it dictates that he's not in the prime of this. Look career. at his we'll performance. See. Look at the performance more than. Yeah, the- I, look, he's still an elite level player. Number one, Definitely. Straw and Doc were not by the time they got to the Yankees. And number right. two, it's the thing you just said. DeGrom never won a World Series with the Mets. So him going to the Yankees to win a World Series is the worst because at least Daryl and Doc were part of the greatest Met team of all time, the 86 Mets. So, right. yeah, they won right, right. more championships and went to the Yankees. But DeGrom on the Yankees and being successful, I'm not going to argue that it isn't a disaster scenario. I'm just going to tell you it's not the worst scenario. The worst he scenario. hurt you. Yeah, he can obviously hurt you more on the field with the Braves or the Phillies, but he can't hurt my heart any more than if he's on the Yankees. He just can't. I mean, it wouldn't hurt your heart to see DeGrom with that freaking A, that Brave jersey on? That wouldn't hurt your heart? It wouldn't hurt your heart to see him and Bryce Harper high-fiving each Obviously. other with that dopey Philly jersey on? That wouldn't hurt your heart, bro? Come on. Uh, of course it would. And, and let's not get it twisted before everyone's like, oh, the Yankees are just, the, the hatred I have for them and their fans is just, I hate the Phillies, I hate the Braves, but the Yankees, bro, it's in the backyard. There's just no escaping it. We're going to see Yankee fans walking around with the Grom jerseys as he leads them to another world championship, at least with the Braves and the Phillies. As bad as it would be, they would stick it to us. They're in our division, hated, sworn rivals, all of that. I get it. I'm totally on board with that. There would be no escaping it. Zero. You cannot yeah. escape it well, if he pitches here. Can't. Okay, so a couple of things. I am not worried about the New York Yankees signing Jacob DeGrom. I want to make Nor that clear. Yeah. Um, there was that report Andy Martino, who we're huge fans of, had about a week ago that the Yankees wanted the medicals of DeGrom. Look, I think every team should be intrigued by every free agent out there. You know, you should at least kick the tires, as the old saying is. I think if the Yankees ever lost Aaron Judge, sure. 
it becomes a little bit more of a threat, no question. But I'm not in general like afraid of the Yankees making a push for Jake. I think I believe DeGrom when DeGrom said in spring training, I think it's really cool to spend your whole career with one team. I think he gets it. I think he understands what that does for one's legacy. It doesn't mean it's the end all be all. It doesn't mean it's impossible for him to leave. But I actually think the Yankees would have to overpay a lot to have DeGrom leave the Mets to go to the Yankees. And I know that's something we usually say the other way around. Like, oh, the Mets would have to give Bernie Williams a lot more for him to leave the Yankees to come to the Mets. That's what we're used to. I genuinely think that about Jake. So I'm not necessarily worried about the Yankees as a real threat. I am more so with the Atlanta Braves and even to a degree the Philadelphia Phillies because the Phillies have shown yeah. uh, over the last few years they're certainly not afraid to spend. And the Phillies, you know, I was going back and forth on, okay, the Yankees are your number one. I respect it. The Yankees aren't my number one because they're not in the NL East. That's like the tiebreaker that leads me to being more fearful of an Atlanta or Philadelphia scenario. But I started thinking, all right, well, what's worse, the Braves or the Phillies? And I think it's the Phillies. And I think it's the Phillies for a few reasons. Number one, they're fans. Number two, it's the (laughs) Phillies. And number three, they'd have a rotation of all of our guys. Yeah, like uh, yeah. Just, just sign Matt Harvey while you're at it. They'll, they would have everybody. Syndergaard, who cares? I know he's a free agent, but Zach Wheeler and Jacob DeGrom leading a Philadelphia Philly rotation. Uh, so I think the Phillies are actually number one, even above Atlanta and even above the Yankees on my holy crap. He can't go there. You're shaking your head off. Who's your, is it, it someone else? Yeah, there is. There's the obvious. It is the Atlanta Braves because for decades now, the Atlanta Braves continue to find ways to be at the top of the NL East over and over and over. And it would almost be like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors in this scenario. <laughs> DeGrom going to the Braves to win a championship in Atlanta, that would be the worst dagger of all time. I could not deal with it. We've saw it in the 90s, the early 2000s. I can't take it anymore. The Braves have to end. The Mets need to be that juggernaut. So if the if, if DeGrom went to Atlanta, it would be the worst thing in the world because they have so much youth. They have so much talent around them. And then add Jake, it'd be, it'd be terrible. So it, obviously him going to Atlanta is horrible. I'm not trying to downplay that. But when I was thinking about this, going back and forth on what's worse, Philly or Atlanta, because I have eliminated the Yankees because of the division thing. And I I don't necessarily disagree that it wouldn't be incredibly painful. Like, I don't want to see Big Mac wearing a Jacob DeGrom jersey, even though it wouldn't say DeGrom on the back. It would just be a number, and we'd know who it is. Um, I was going back and forth on, okay, Braves, Phillies, Braves, Phillies, and I mentioned the DeGrom-Wheeler factor. You're right, Hoff, about the Braves. They are the biggest bugaboo of our lifetime going all the way back really to 98 it started and how the Braves have owned the Mets over the years and it certainly continued with what happened in 2022 but I'll give you one small little minor nugget that's better for him to go to Atlanta than Philadelphia hear me out and that is the Max Freed factor Max Freed is a free agent at the end of next season and it's part of why I've been skeptical all along about Atlanta they are still a threat but I have skepticism about them they got to pay Max Freed. And Max Freed is a late 20s left-handed pitcher who's only getting better. Like, it would be foolish if you're Atlanta to not try to lock Max Freed up. And my thought would be, if they ever pounced on Jake, okay, mother effers, okay, okay, this sucks, I'm depressed, I'm going to go get Max Freed now. Now I'm going to I'm gonna hit you. You hit me, I'm going to hit you. You punch me, I'm going to punch you harder. There really isn't that with Philadelphia. Aaron Nola doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. He doesn't wet my whistle. Max Freed, a little bit more so. So it's, I get it. I'm going a little bit into the weeds here, but that's a slight edge for why him going to Atlanta could at least bring me back that as compared to him going to Philadelphia and rejoining his buddy, Zach Wheeler. He brought up a good point too, because the, the Kevin Durant thing, because the Braves, let's be honest. Yeah, the Phillies did make the World Series. But on paper, next year, next five years, next 10 years, the Braves are set up way better than the Phillies are. They are clearly the class of that division. They are loaded with young talent. Loaded with young talent. So Jake going to the Phillies or Braves, from a baseball perspective, helping the team more, in theory, 
he would give the Phillies the bigger jolt. Like they would need him more than the Braves would. That makes sense? Right. But isn't right. that more of so, a reason that's for what I'm saying. wanting? The more, it's more of a reason wanting him to go to, to Atlanta because on the Phillies, he could make a bigger impact because they might be a one or two piece away where the Braves are literally set up. You know what yeah, I mean? But, they they lost Albies. I said, dude, they're freaking yeah. loaded. They are. They have very little holes, if any. Okay, they're loaded, but their rotation is what? Right? I just pointed out Max okay. Freed probably goes. Charlie right. Morton's a million years old. Spencer Strider's pretty good. Year. Kyle Wright's pretty, pretty good. good. What? They're both probably what? better than pretty good. Strider and, and Wright are better than pretty good. I mean, look, Spencer Strider's got a lot to prove. He had one really good year. Okay. Now what? How's his stuff, though? Okay. Uh, it, he's got he's got very good stuff, but yeah. the Phillies rotation would be led by Degrom, Wheeler, and Nola. That's a more intimidating top three than Atlanta, who That's would probably then lose Otani. Max Free to us. Wow, <laughs> with Otani, yeah. <laughs> yes yes that's exactly how it would go hey rob bradford here you guys know i'm always up for a good mvp story and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on the wasabi action so why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, outside of the division, and look, the Marlins, sure, they could sign Jacob DeGrom, then they'd trade him in a year. It's exactly what would happen. They, they'd sign DeGrom, and then a year later, we would trade for him back and have to give up a bunch of prospects. Uh, that's the Marlins formula. And obviously, the Nationals and stuff, they're so far away. The other National League teams, the Giants and the Dodgers and the Cubs, are the three teams I would, and the Cardinals. Those are the four teams I'd bring up as realistic, somewhat realistic, and we've heard their names mentioned, big money teams that could rival and make a big play for Jake. So of those four teams, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Cubs, and the Cardinals, we have a history with all four teams in various ways. Which one would bother you the most? Uh, I'm going to start this, and I'm going to say the Cardinals, shock of the century, because I just... They don't. They, their farm system is so good. Again, we look at the team. We look at the Dodgers and the Padres right now. They're just spending a ton of money. Cardinals are not that type of team right now. They always just find good good trades. They find good young talent. They they just have a good farm system. So to bring in an elite player on top of that, I just feel like they're always up on the top of the NL Central anyway. It just makes it that much better. I, I they could do more damage again. Go back to doing more damage as a team. I think that he'd be he would help. The Cardinals much more. So Cardinals more than the Dodgers, because I think those are probably the two teams we're going to debate here. Would you say Cardinals or Dodgers or someone else, Lugie? I would say Cardinals too, because F them. I'll keep it simple. <laughs> F them and F them, F them times a thousand. Yeah, this, this is a tough one. <laughs> because, like, the, the reason to hate the L.A. Dodgers right now is that they're the new Yankees in terms of spending, no doubt yep. about it. They spend a, a boatload of money. They're in on every elite player in the world. And number two, they're the best. I and mean, I know they didn't win the World Series this year and they got knocked out early, but year in and year out, they're what we want to be because they go out and they win 100-plus games every single year. And obviously they've had runs that have ended early, sometimes way too early, whether it's 
losing in the divisional series in 19 or losing in the divisional series this year. And then they've gotten to the world series and lost a bunch of times and they've only won once. So you could certainly say they've underachieved considering all the success they've had, but they're the elite team in major league baseball. They're a premier team and it would suck to see a premier team get even better. I think that fits the Durant warriors comparison a little bit more to me, the Dodgers, but I, I, I sort of agree with you guys, the Cardinals, man, they, they are the non-division rival. I know they were many years ago, but I was young. We were all young for that. They are the non-division rival that has just caused us the most pain. Yep. You know, funny with the Dodgers. Those a little bit older than us will certainly argue 1988, and I totally get it, even though it was only two years removed from winning a World Series. But for us, we beat the L.A. Dodgers pretty easily in 2006. We beat the L.A. Dodgers in that classic series of 2015. So we haven't been stunned by the Dodgers, but those pricks from St. Louis, especially 2006, the, the series none of us will ever get over. We'll never get over that. No. Seeing DeGrom wear that disgusting jersey that Keith Hernandez thinks is the most beautiful logo in sports. Oh, every, every time they play the Cardinals, you know, Gary, this is the prettiest uniform in baseball. I wipe my ass with that jersey. Give me a break. And it's this the is a smugness. This is a smugness with their fans and just the way they're presented. Like, yeah, the worst. No doubt. It's Cardinals one. It's Dodgers two. It's Cubs three. And then the, the Giants, I, I don't know why. I've always had, I don't like the Giants, but I've always had more of a softer spot for the Giants than I have any other team. So if they end up with him, I'd be pissed. Don't get me wrong. I'm it's, not going to be happy, but I think it would bother me less than the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Cardinals. That's how I view that. Um, so right now, you say Yankees. I say Phillies. Hoff says Braves for the teams that would kill us the most. Hoff, would the Yankees bother you more than the Phillies? No, I think Phillies still are behind the Braves because – the Yankees, it doesn't really bother me. I know it's cross-town rivalry, but I, I've been very adamant about this year. I don't care about the Yankees. They're not on my radar anymore. I, I know that everyone feels like the Mets and Yankees have to battle head-to-head, but it's not about that anymore. Like I feel like the, our organization is in a different place, a better place than it ever was. So let, they have their own problems to deal with. I, I know it would be dirty if they stole the ground from us, but again, they have to overpay. And it doesn't even it doesn't register. They did not they're not even gonna overpay for Aaron Judge. Like they're gonna get Jacob DeGrom. So I, I think that's part of the reason why I don't care. But, but by the way, right now I think we're still in that love affair with Steve Cohen, and rightfully so. He has spent a lot of money. The Mets last year had overall a pretty successful season in terms of the wins and losses during the regular season. We all know how it ended. If they ever lost DeGrom to the Yankees, the Phillies, the Braves, really any National League team or Yankee team that we despise, it's going to change how we view Steve Cohen. It really is. And I, I think losing DeGrom in general would be a big moment early in his tenure as owner where there would be a lot. There'll be a civil war amongst Met fans because I know there'll be a yeah. lot of Met fans, maybe some listening right now, that are going to say, you can't pay DeGrom this. You can't give him that. It was a sound baseball move. We'll get that. So I think it'll be a civil war amongst Met fans. But I would have a very tough time kind of thinking what you just said about this organization if they let him go. I really do. If they're outbid, then what are we talking about with the billionaire owner? What are we talking about then? If they're letting a career Met, a future Hall of Famer, walk away because of money or years. I, I do think it would make us reevaluate our view of this ownership group if that happens. No doubt. And, and I think one of the things with Cohen that he's done well, uh, although um, that series against the Padres, I found a few things that he didn't do well and he didn't, you know, have, it was a little tone deaf on. But um, overall, I think he listens to the fans. We've seen that. He has a pulse for the fans. He's on Twitter. He hears what we have to say. He takes it into account. And, and I think in a lot of ways, Cohen, and I think it's ego driven, likes to sort of be the, you know, the conquering hero. Met fans, look what I've done for you. So here's our guy, DeCrom. How could he possibly let this guy walk for more money? So that's why I'm still confident. I am a little nervous as to why it hasn't gotten done yet. And you keep hearing these reports that, well, Jake wants to stay. Well, if the money's close, he's going to stay. And it's like, so why hasn't he signed yet? So I, I, I'm well, getting a little nervous with it. You, you know what I think it is? 
Yeah. You know what I think it is? I remember, and I think I do this once every three podcasts, and it makes Pete roll his eyes. So I'm going to do it again. I'm going to make yeah. a comparison to the Brooklyn Nets. And Pete hates that. But I'm going to do it right now. When the Nets were negotiating with Kyrie Irving before the opt-in or the opt-out, there was kind of a game going on where I think the Nets knew ultimately they were better off with Kyrie Irving coming back. Forget what's happened since. That's not part of this conversation. It's They knew their best chance to succeed was Kyrie coming back, and they played hardball. And ultimately, they were right. Like, they played a real dangerous game of hardball, and they were ultimately right. Irving came back, opted into the final year. They had him on a one-year deal. No matter what happens, we have to admit the Nets kind of won the stare down during the offseason. It's not as – it's not vitriolic in the same way, but there's a stare down. Like, that, that's how I take this right now, where the Mets want DeGrom back. At least I hope so. And this is my theory here. They want him back. They, they'd love to have him back. They know he gives them the best chance to win, but they would like to not give him four years. They don't want to give him four years. But why and chance so, it? Say that one more time. I, I don't know why you would even chance it, though. Like, like in theory, I know it's not realistic, but in theory, we figured it's Cohen, boom, 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 while West spent a lot of money. Why the stare down? Again, I, it goes back to the same things I was saying during the Kyrie Irving thing. Why risk it? Why risk alienating Kevin Durant? Why risk this? Why risk him taking the mid-level exception? I, yes, I agree with you. This is why I can't be a GM or an owner. Because I would just simply say, F it. Bring the guy back. Don't mess around. Dude, they didn't mess around with Diaz. And, and rightfully so. They didn't mess around with him. So why, I think why they, mess around no, with Because here's the difference. I think there was that there was a market for Edwin Diaz. I think they thought, well, if we mess around, he will get five years, 120 from somebody else. There will be a team willing to offer that. I don't think they believe someone's going to offer DeGrom four years, 180, which is the number and the contract that seems to make the most sense, right? 45 million a year beats Max Scherzer, four-year deal. It seems to make sense. I think the Mets are kind of holding back thinking no one's going to beat, the, no one's offering him that. So we're going to stay back here. We're going to remain patient and we're going to get them on our deal. Because let me ask you this. Let's say they're right. No one offers them that. And we get an announcement the next week or so that Jacob deGrom has re-signed on a two-year, $83 million contract. What would your reaction be? Besides him being back, what would your reaction be to the contract he signed specifically? I don't know. I, I I don't really get nuts with that stuff. I feel I'd be just happy that he's coming back. And I feel but you like wouldn't that... say, "Wow, the Mets they they won the negotiation in a way." Yeah, they would have won the negotiation, but that's like the Mets won the negotiation. Thomas Lugauer didn't win anything. I got my player back. Yes, they got the they got the deal they wanted. They rolled the dice and won. Yeah. What I don't want is them to roll the dice and lose, lose and bring yes. in freaking Verlander. Like no, that dude, would be aggravating to me. I agree with they, you. And, when, if, and they messed around. You know what I mean? Like, and if all. they don't end up back with him, you and I rightfully so and off will all be screaming. You shouldn't have messed around. Yeah. I agree with you. And That's I'm all. not defending what they're doing. I'm merely kind of saying, this is what I think they're doing. This is the impression I get. Uh, and I also think the Grom said, Again, back in spring training, and I can only take his word, I will opt out, I will be a free agent, and I will remain in constant contact with the New York Mets. Almost this belief of, hey, I'll always go back to them when I finally get that offer. So the hope is if he, he does get four years 180 from Texas, he goes back to the Mets and says, hey, guys, I got four years 180. And then the Mets have at least the opportunity to match it to get him back. Now, that may not happen. DeGrom may be turned off by the negotiations, get four years 180, and say, see ya, I'm done. You know, that that's a risk. So I definitely think the Mets are playing a risky game, but the reason they're playing the game is because they think deep down they're going to get him at their amount of years. And I don't even, wouldn't even say it their number because the number's the number. He's going to get over $40 million a year. It's yeah, the years. Yeah. It's the years. And that's what they're fighting over. And look, Fingers crossed they don't F this up because we'll all be very pissed off if they overplay their hand. And there is a team, whether it's Texas, Atlanta, L.A., or you name it, that give him what he wants, and he's gone. Well, dude, and then the bloom starts to fall off the rose because – and then you start to bring in – not that this has to do with Epler if it comes down to money, but, like, the trade deadline stunk. Is that a fair word? I mean, 
mean, it, was it didn't not work. Good. It didn't work it didn't as well work. as we had hoped. No. Right. It, it didn't work as well as we hoped. And now you get off to sort of a rocky start here, you know, if Jake doesn't come back. So then all of a sudden you start to look at Eppler, you start to look at Cohen. And that honeymoon period, like you talked about before, oh, starts to go away with a little bit from a lot of the things. I mean, you're always going to have those pie in the sky. Things are great. They're the best. They're the Mets. Don't knock them. But the people that actually get it will be all over these guys. You cannot, you cannot, in a sport that doesn't have a salary cap, <laughs> lose <laughs> your Hall of Fame guy because of money. And that's really what it is because it's, you may say it's years. Well, it's money in the back end of a contract. So it's, I don't want to pay him in 2025. And ultimately, this isn't the NBA where, oh, crap. We can't. We don't have room to add someone else. You always have room to add somebody else as long as you're willing to pay the money. And when we're told we've got a billionaire owner that's willing to pay the money, I'm not good with losing a guy over money. You want to tell me, hey, they didn't make this trade because they didn't want to trade a prospect? I'll get it. I'll defend it. I'll understand it. But none of us, I don't think, are going to understand losing a guy over money. And ultimately, whether it's three years or four years, the whole discussion is about money. So, <laughs> yeah, that did, that will not translate well with the fans, dude. If that's something like where it's an extra year or more money in the back end, nobody, no Met fans, going to give a crap if they hear that. They're going to be pissed. Don't care I about agree. stuff like that, especially with Jacob Degrom. That I agree. This is a different category than most players. No question, no question about it. By the way, you can email the podcast at thericob at gmail dot com. And coming up in a couple of days on the next edition of Rico Bronya, in a very kind of similar discussion we're going to talk about in the past the loss of certain met free agents guys that they lost in free agency guys that they traded away guys that either were true met legends or you just happen to love them and it <laughs> devastated you when you did lose them there's a lot of guys to go through got a lot of feedback on twitter from that obviously if you have individual stories before we record the podcast you can email us at the rico b at gmail.com also coming up in the next couple of days and weeks We'll take a closer look at the minor league system. We will discuss the worst free agent signings in the history of the New York Mets on the heels of last week's pod of the greatest free agent signings in the history of the Mets. And we'll also react to any of these offseason moves when they finally start to happen here on Rico Bronia. Thank you to Lugie for joining us. Obviously, you hear him with me and Craig and Big Mac every day on the fan, 2 to 6.30. Pete Hoffman, who's done a stellar job filling in like every day. And you're welcome for that, Pete. I yeah, I made Spike feel bad that he was going to play the freaking CBS Sports Network on an overnight. I said, "What are we doing? Can you give Hoff another shift?" And he said, "But I want Hoffman to love his family." And I said, "Hoffman <laughs> doesn't give a rat's ass about his family. Let him do another overnight." And he said, "Fine, right, Pete?" That's right. And to be honest with you, when my, I told my family I was leaving, they said, "Thank you." Exactly. So, it exactly. worked for everybody. Thank you all for listening to another edition of Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.